This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time to wrap up our position previews with the Illini Enquirer podcast. We've done all of them except two positions. We're going to squeeze two positions in here. One, because there's usually only one or two of these guys on the field. And then, of course... We have to do specialists, but I don't know how many people would listen to just a specialist podcast. Though, Joey, I would love to know uh, how many would listen to that. Like, how many are hardcore Illinois fans? Is it more than the 17 that Robert Rosenthal says? I think so. Uh, but, man, uh, a 20-minute breakdown of, like, the long snapper battle. Um, I don't know if we could have prolonged it that long. So, uh, we're going to combine these two, linebacker and special teams. What do you think? Uh, well, we could throw up the bat signal to get our – attention to the long snapper and special teams if we wanted but yeah i think combining them is a good call all right let's start with linebacker uh where you return two starting quality linebackers at least from what we've seen in Tariq barnes who kind of is an unsung hero of this defense and what he did last year i think you know andy boo loves to point this out every time i talk with him is i ask him what was the value of Tariq barnes he said listen you know, Jake, you know, CJ Hart gets hurt in the first game last year. He comes in and plays the will, the weak side linebacker position. Jake Hansen gets hurt, knee injury for the rest of the season, out the final seven games. Tariq Barnes switches positions at Mike and plays it well, right? Second on the team in tackles, you know, gets a lot of tackles for loss. Just a really solid Big Ten linebacker. So the ability to play both those positions was huge, but now he can kind of settle in at Mike. He's the go-to guy there, the guy making a lot of calls uh, for the defense. But now you bring in C.J. Hart, who it was only three quarters, Joey, but damn, it was a really good three quarters. But it's a small sample size against Nebraska before he had that season-ending injury. Um, But those are two guys that, if healthy, Joey, you feel pretty good about. So they usually only have two inside linebackers on the field at the time, sometimes maybe only one. Sometimes they will have three. That's the great part of Ryan Walter's defense is the way he's able to change things, be multiple. But if if those guys stayed healthy, you know that they're pretty good and you'd have a pretty solid crew there. Yeah, polar opposite of last year. I mean, they had almost more inside linebackers than you would know what to do with with a healthy group. Obviously, Jake Hansen out of eligibility now with the Houston Texans. Kalon Tolson with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Carolina Panthers, excuse me. And now you're down to the the two guys. And you're right. Treat Barnes and Quan Martin should do like the handshake emoji for two overlooked guys on this Illinois defense. But you do like what you have when healthy. You know the best part about – I think the most important part about C.J. Hart is he was a full participant in the spring. Yep. 
Like that to me can't go overlooked. We've seen ACL injuries that carry through the spring and through into even the early week of training camp, the early weeks, plural. And the fact that he was back, like that really, really matters to to get your feet under you, get the spring game, get some of these false scrimmages under your belt. Like I, I just I can't think that that does anything but helps a tremendous amount for him. And him and you know you like the the combo that he and Tariq Barnes can put together out there. Just to cover all bases, um, PFF, which is just one grading, they did not like Tariq Barnes. Uh, they thought he was a good tackler. They thought he was a good pass rusher. They thought he was awful in coverage, and they thought he wasn't that good in run defense. But though the tackle grade was high, so they must have thought he missed a lot of assignments. That stuff's hard to grade. As somebody who watches the film, it's hard to know without having the all twenty-two, without having certain angles, without knowing the play calls exactly what those things are. Uh, but as I said, I think we know he's solid. I think we know he's a thumper in the middle, right? A, a guy who can force some turnovers. He he played the 2020 season, had some big performances. I'm thinking of Nebraska when he forced a couple turnovers before he suffered a, a season-ending injury in that game. Um, so I know PFF wasn't as high on him. I, I don't know if I'd sit there and say Tariq Barnes is going to be all Big Ten level linebacker, especially in this conference, right, with all the linebackers. But I think he's a solid starter, Joey. I really do. Illinois football? You could use a lot of solid starters. I mean, he is his versatility. He's not outwardly hurting you. And PFF is is a useful tool, but it's not the end all be all, right? I think we, we've tried to caution that out there. Frankly, I almost just use it more for how many snaps like somebody yeah. played. Like they, they do the they do the hard work for us in that regard. But there there are nuggets to take from it. But yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of proven himself over the last few years as, as he deserves one of those linebacker spots. And there used to be three, obviously, now you're down to two of them. The lasting legacy of Miles Smith, Mr. Tariq Barnes. Uh, C.J. Hart, he played 44 snaps, Joey. It was a phenomenal 44 snaps. What, six tackles, a tackle and a half for loss, a fumble recovery for a touchdown. I think in that Nebraska game, I don't think we can say that's what he would have been. He would have been one of the best linebackers in the Big Ten. But I think in that Nebraska game, if we took away anything, man, there's size, there's speed, there's there's the talent to be a, a, a disruptive linebacker who could be an all-Big Ten player. Like, to me, he reminded me of Milo Eifler physically, but made more plays in one and three quarters than I felt like Milo Eifler at times. I was like, where's he at? Like, wh- why isn't he where he needs to be to make plays? And Milo was in the NFL, right? He's, he's found a special teams role. He's a ridiculous talent, but, like, I, I just thought C.J. Hart in three quarters not only looked like a great athlete, big, physical, athletic, fast linebacker, he also was making plays and, and, and looked like a pretty good football player. Yeah, we have to acknowledge that, like, he wasn't just some – bench warmer at NC State. I mean, he played there. He had a pretty productive career there, and I'm looking up his stats right now. But, I mean, this isn't a guy who you've never seen in the Power Five before who just showed up and and made plays for three quarters. I mean, there's a body of work there for him that matters. Uh, Let's see, his redshirt freshman season in 2019 at NC State, he played in 10 games, 35 tackles, a sack, five and a half tackles for a loss. There's another fumble recovery. He played in 10 games in 2020, 18 tackles, two sacks, 
three tackles for a loss, two forced fumbles. I mean, that's not going to knock you over, but like he's he's played at this level, and that experience helps as well. And Dave Dorn, who's great defense coordinator at Wisconsin under Brett Bielma, did not want to lose him. Right, like he he thought it was a loss, but he was comfortable. He, you know, when Brett talked to him, he, he said, I, "I don't want to lose him, but he's he's good." And we understand why he'd want to leave because NC State, he's going to be a backup there. So he comes to Illinois because NC State had really good linebackers. Comes to Illinois, and and let's remember, it was Jake Hansen in a sixth season last year, and CJ was competing for one spot where Kalon Tolson and Tariq Barnes had significant experience, starting experience in the Big Ten, and CJ was able to beat them out. So I think that's, that's another notch of like, oh, this guy could be pretty good. So I, I think you should be optimistic. Like, I just have to acknowledge that our sample size of C.J. Hart and uniform is small, but damn, it was good. And, and I, I think if he's healthy, he's their best linebacker. I, I, I do. Um, so I, I think he could be um, more the size and speed that they need at that position because, you know, Jake Hansen's fighting for an NFL spot, right? Instinctual, playmaker, fast. He's not as big as C.J. Hart. Um, Kalon Tolson, not as big as C.J. Hart, even if he's fast and go sideline to sideline, be a little versatile. Um, so that C.J. Hart's how you want them to look at that weak side linebacker spot. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I read somewhere, I can't remember where it was, but somebody who, who had seen Illinois talked about the linebacker speed and, and just like it's noticeable. Tariq Barnes is a fast dude as well. Like you have that, and then you have physically what they bring in terms of their body composition. Like that's a good, that's a good mix. And, and, and as important as it was, like it is a small sample size, but he didn't look overwhelmed. And it wasn't an FCS team that he was out there, you know, kind of embarrassing a little bit. I mean, it was a Big Ten team. That's a Big Ten football team that, depending on who you talk to, was one play away from a much better record than what it was in Nebraska. But yeah, man, like I understand the optimism, but it's our job also to say, remember three quarters. Yeah. Right. Like that that's the other part of it. But I, I the, the reason is pretty obvious for optimism. Yeah, I agree. Uh my big concern probably still is, Joey, going into this year is depth. I, I think Kalon Tolson was a surprising and significant loss. he could he was able to come in, be a good starter for you. Um, he goes to the NFL, gets a free agent deal. Um, so so great for Kalon, but it was a loss for Illinois. And, and to be honest with you, I expected them to go into the portal and find a guy who could give them depth right away, but they haven't. And we're starting to find out why. It's Isaac Darkangelo, once an all-name guy only uh, and a special teams contributor. Isaac Darkangelo is getting first-team reps, uh, playing both the Will and the Mike. There could be sets, Joey, where they have three linebackers. He did get some snaps last year late in the season. Former Division II transfer, bet on himself as a walk-on, earned a scholarship last year. Comes from a really athletic family. I'm doing a feature story on him soon uh, that, that I think is going to be fun for people to read. But they're putting a lot of faith in Isaac Darkangelo that that he is a Big Ten capable guy. He, he told me he's not on scholarship yet this year. I would imagine he will be. Uh, given the way they're talking about him. But Andy Boo cannot rave about this kid enough. Said he's one of their fastest linebackers. It's just we haven't seen it, Joey. So he's going to be a fascinating story because, let's be honest, linebackers had a lot of injuries uh, at Illinois. We know it's a physical position that they're probably going to have an injury. Dark Angel, the odds are at some point he's going to start games for Illinois this year. Yeah, and there is quite a bit of trust that they put in him. 
he is fast. I mean, that's the the report that we hear on him. He's physically looks pretty good too. I mean, this dude is roommates with Chase Brown, and I don't think you can just be like I would not be a good roommate of Chase Brown. I don't think I have the uh, the desire to physically move at all. <laughs> both Browns. But, uh, he lives with both Browns. Yeah. Yes, and I you don't just watch your two roommates go be who they are and and not join them. Like he physically, he's an impressive looking athlete as well so yeah it's but he's a former division two player and he's a walk-on like that's the other part of this is there's just there's some experience in the power five but there's not that consistent and, and look jeremy i know people probably say well you say that about every position yeah that's where i want like that's what you're trying to to build up but the the the, the raving of him is is very real yeah i mean it's not like we prodded for information on isaac dark angel that was that was handed out pretty comfortably. Yeah, when when coaches start talking about guys unprovoked over and over again, like we hear it with Tip Ryman, right, or Isaac D'Arcangelo, and then Matthew Bailey, it's like, oh, okay, uh, we should be Henry Boyer, tight end, right? Like you start paying attention a little bit more, and they rave about him. They think he's a starting caliber player, and I think they showed that by not going in the portal. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. It would be a heck of a story. Uh, I think if these guys were a year older, you'd feel – better about the depth right but but Dylan Rosiak and Kenan Odaluga are redshirt freshmen I think Odaluga looks the part man um he's 6'2 he's jacked he's a really good athlete uh he's working out he's I think he's going to be more the weak side linebacker for them we got to see that play out they're they're training at both so I say that and now I'm doubting myself but Rosiak is training at both he's an impressive guy went to the same high school as Jake Hansen very good friends with the Hansons good athlete good size it's just those guys aren't very experienced right they haven't gotten a lot of reps but this training camp those guys are starting to get significant reps with the second team right which is a snap or two away from potentially playing a big role so I think those guys Joey are physically capable of playing, especially Odaluga. Uh, I, I think he's ready to play in the Big Ten now. A kid from Mount Carmel, under-recruited, was committed oh. to Penn before Illinois flipped him with Brett Bielma. Um, it's just those guys are are young, right? They're inexperienced. So that's why Dark Angel is so important. I, I think Odaluga and Rosiak and, and Dark Angel physically might be similar. It's just Dark Angel is mature, been in the system a little, or been in the college football a little bit longer. Yeah, and every you hope you don't have to lean into your redshirt freshman or true freshman James Crudes or Malachi Hood. Like you hope at a physical position like linebacker, your two starters can can hold up. And and I don't want to. So the weird word to use, but I kind of like buy you some time, buy you another year where you don't have to lean on the redshirt. And I say buy you when your two starters are pretty good, and the third guy you're pretty excited about, like you. You just want to hold off on having to use. I mean, that's what Brett Bielema's programs are. They're developmental. They, that's what he said a hundred times. But yeah, you, Odalugas, it's physically impressive before he walked foot on campus. And, and then you've seen him with a, two summers now with Tank Wright and a full fall with Tank Wright. Like, man, he, he, he looks, he looks pretty good. And, and remember, Jeremy, there was a point last year Brett Bielema moved him to like H back. And I know you and I were like, I don't know. This probably this probably isn't it. And who are we to say? We didn't see practice, but hey, he's obviously a, he's, he's a back four, at linebacker for a reason. He's a four string linebacker at that point. They're just looking for depth at, at H back, trying to get him on the field, whatever it is. Uh I think those guys can eventually be pretty good. And I Malachi Hood talking about looking the part certainly is that. And if anybody's turned on James Kurtz's high school film, you're gonna love him. 
and and Boo told me the other day, um, you know, James got to add some strength. He's six one, probably two ten right now. Uh, but as he continues to add strength, like he's just violent. Nobody who's a Bears fan is surprised by that. Anyone who's seen his brother Josh play in in high school at Loyal Academy, not surprised. But he's just he's a mean sob on the field. And he he comes with bad intentions, which I, I think eventually that group of freshmen, those four guys, are going to make a pretty pretty good uh, linebacker crew, Joey. You know, it's I remember talking to John Halasek when. James committed, which happened very quickly. I mean, the Illinois and James Cruz were kind of flying around each other for months, and then the offer came, and he he jumped on very quickly before the signing period. But Halasek said, listen, it's 217. Like, we're recording this on August 11th, and sometime in the last two days, I can't remember, I don't want to get his birthday just wrong. Turned, he just turned 18 yeah. years old. It's like Palcho, yeah. Yeah, like that. He still got a lot of upside to develop physically. Like, he is... Like that's that's what you get excited. You know how he plays, and his arms are probably as long as you are tall. Yeah, and he just plays very violently. Yeah, like this is a this is a position linebacker that I feel like you don't need the four and five star guy. You just need good athletes who have got some size and play physical and are smart. And I, I think they've I think Andy Boo's done a pretty good job of, of building this group. Like I like Odaluga Hood Crutes. If you hold on to JoJo Hayden, which I think they will, like that that's a good big athletic group um that I think you can develop into really good linebackers. CJ Hart's got potentially two years of eligibility left. Um I think he'd like to go after next year. Tariq Barnes got another year of eligibility after this one. So you just wonder about that bridge. Or, or can can they get to next year where then all of a sudden maybe Oda Luger or Rosiak becomes a starter and, and Hood and Kroots get in the competition. And I think Dark Angelo is just a huge key to all of that, Joey. Yeah, Dark Angelo reminds me a little bit of what we said about Alex Pilstrom, like <clears throat> a year bridge to the next group. And that's not a that's not like talking down about what they can do on the field like that. That is an important piece of, of long-term, even though they only have a short amount of eligibility left, like that is a long-term important piece for them. I do want to clarify, like you said, you don't need four and five stars. I agree with that. I don't want anyone to hear this to think that Illinois would be like, you know, listen, no, just affirm. No, thank you. Yeah, we're, like, we're if, good if Sebastian with our recruited guys. Yeah, if Sebastian <laughs> yeah. Cheeks wanted to commit right away when Brett Bielma got the job. Yes, they they would have taken. I, I just I think it's a position like yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it's just a position like running back where it's it's just easier to find those guys than it is defensive linemen, stud wideouts, stud quarterbacks. Ta- yeah, offensive tackles like. Yeah, like interior offensive line. I think it's just easier to find those guys. It's, it's the same reason why. You know, inside linebackers aren't taken high in the draft, most of them, unless they're special, like a certain Roquan Smith, right? Like, it's that's what I mean. It's the same as the NFL. Like, yes. the investment, I don't think, has to be as high. Um, in this instance, the rating doesn't have to be as high to get a great return on investment. Yeah, watch the draft and watch the – I mean, outside of, like, insane generational talents – Watch the positions that are prioritized. It's quarterback, it's edge, it's defensive line. Corner. That tra- that like corner, that trickles down. Like the, there's just not a, enough of certain positions to have a, a large swath of guys <clears throat> who can contribute either in the power five or in the NFL. Like that <clears throat> that that's pretty consistent though. That's why you see you know, it's hard to recruit defensive linemen. It's hard to recruit quarterbacks. Like that that all ties together there a little bit. All right, Joey, uh, I just think this group's solid. 
right? I, my biggest question is depth. Uh, but if Dark Angel is a solid player for them, I think there's going to be a solid group. I, I, I don't. I think CJ Hart has star potential. I think Tariq Barnes has proven he's a good uh, or solid Big Ten linebacker. Um, I, I think the ceiling is with CJ Hart. I think the floor is with Isaac Dark Angel. I think that's fair. Yeah. So look, again, broken record. Solid position groups is not a knock, especially for a program trying to find six wins. Solid position groups is a very good thumbs up for Illinois. And here's another, I think Andy Boo's a heck of a coach. I really do. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's turning into a heck of a recruiter for Illinois, but I think he's a really good coach uh, with a lot of experience, defensive coordinator experience. So I, it's kind of weird. It's just another guy kind of like, okay, if he thinks Isaac Darkangel is good, I kind of trust him given what happened last year. Like his – his group had a lot of adversity with those injuries, and and the the production level did not dip that much when you lost Jake Hansen and lost C.J. Hart. Like the linebackers, I mean, think of that Penn State game. I thought Tariq Barnes and and Kalon Tolson were phenomenal uh, in that game against Minnesota. I thought they were really really good. So I think that's credit to Andy Boo as well. It is, and I know Ryan Walters understandably and deservedly gets a lot of credit for the defense and Andy Boo would probably not enjoy hearing this. Like his voice matters a lot in that room. So does Kevin Kane. So does Terrence Jameson. So does Aaron Henry. Like this isn't only Ryan Walters baby and brainchild. Like he, he deserves all the credit he's getting because he's really, really good at his job. But I think he would tell you as well that like, Hey, Kevin Kane, Andy Boo, all those guys have, you know, a, a pretty powerful say in this as well. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, let's flip over to special teams, Joey. Maybe not 20 minutes of specialist talk, but we'll, we'll do some quick hitters here. Um, this is a huge, huge concern of mine uh, going into this season, and it's mostly due to the, the bar that was set uh, under Bob Bogusiewski moving into last year. Uh, but Blake Hayes is a great one of the greatest punters in Illinois history. Uh, James McCourt is, has records at Illinois, especially with his leg strength, his 50-plus-yard field goals. That's a weapon that I don't think they have anymore. I, I don't think you're going to see Brett Bielma kicking a lot of 50-yard field goals moving forward, and, and we know Blake Hayes was very, very good. Um, so now, like, you've had guys that are sitting in the waiting. Hugh Robertson's been waiting there two years. Caleb Griffin's been waiting four years to get this opportunity, even though he's been on scholarship. Um, but, man, if you can get 80 to 90% of what you're getting out of your specialist group, I feel like you'd take that as a win. But I do think we feel confident now that, that Hugh Robertson and, and Caleb Griffin are going to be the guys. I, I think after spring ball, there was some question about that, maybe more kicker than at punter. But I, it seems like those guys are, are solidifying themselves during training camp. 
Yeah, it does. I, I mean, I think I probably would have been surprised either way after spring ball if it wasn't yeah. those two, but I would be much, much more surprised if it's not both of those two now. This this is, might be a stupid comparison, so I'm going to ask you cut this out if it sounds as stupid <laughs> as I think it might sound. Blake, Blake Hayes is one of the two best punters in Illinois football history. You can argue he might be the best. Like, that's a fair argument. It, it, it reminds me a lot of, like, when we talked, like, boy, I feel bad for the guy replacing Kofi because you're never, like, not never, but, like, it's hard to achieve what Kofi just made look like day, just to punch nine to five a day's work. Like, Blake Hayes is not Kofi Coburn. But, like, what he did, I, what he made I, I don't hate just, it, like, Joey. average. I don't, I don't yeah. hate it. Um, because And the thing with Brad Underwood, the great thing he's doing is, like, Coleman Hawkins and Dane Danger are not doing the same role as Kofi, right? Like, so right. there doesn't have to be a one-to-one comparison with those guys because the way they're doing things. When you're the punter, you're doing the exact same thing as Blake Hayes. We can, There's not a lot of different ways to approach you, man. You kick the dang ball. Right. You're doing the same thing, and the guy just so happens to be from Australia, from Pro Kick <laughs> Australia, um, and he learned under Blake and was great friends with Blake. So we're going to see the comparison with yards per punt, net yards, inside the 20. Blake was phenomenal at what he does. And, well, I, I thought last year he was a little less consistent with his hang time. Uh, but still, he was ridiculously accurate. And by the numbers, he had his best year. It was just more the eye test wasn't quite as consistent. And, you know, I think going into the year, we thought he was an NFL shoe-in for a training camp, and he didn't get that, um, which was kind of surprising. But he was a phenomenal Big Ten punter. He was a great weapon. And I think Hugh Robertson is going to be a solid punter. I don't think he's going to be a top four Big Ten punter like Blake Hayes certainly was his entire Illinois career. But I think he's a guy that's going to be 41 plus yards per punt i think he's going to do a good job but he just hasn't done it a lot he's got one career punt um but you know having a 29 year old who seems to love life and appreciate what he's doing i don't think he's going to put too much pressure on himself that's a really good way to put it i mean i like this is all kind of house for <laughs> hugh robertson right like this dude was he had a career he had a whole career in Australia. The dude like, held a just, gun for most of his life, right? Like, he's had, he's had a I, job. Not, I don't want anyone to mistake this for us saying, like, oh, he doesn't care. He's just here to have a good old time and, and, and kick football. Like, he does care. But, like, yeah, I think this is, like, worldly experience, right? Like, perspective, I, I don't man. imagine. Yeah. I, again, I think he's going to be fine. I just think that, like, there's going to be an instinct to compare him to Blake Hayes which I get, and it's natural, and it's probably yeah. fair, but we have to keep in mind, like, one of the two best in Illinois football history. Yeah. And they called on them a lot in those first few years, especially. Yeah. Like, they came a lot of snaps. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing I think we're talking about with Kendall Smith, right? Like, just, just you don't need to be Kirby Joseph. Hugh Robertson, you don't need to be Blake Case, and Illinois has told them that. Um, so I, I think I think that's a pretty good thing. I think we, we're kind of burying the lead here. We'll get into Caleb. But they have a different special teams coordinator. Uh, ben Miller's okay. still going through chemotherapy. Uh, we've seen him around camp, which is really encouraging. I mean, he looks from the outside. I mean, he's still burly, strapping man. Um, and, and, you know, he seems to be around the team a lot, which is great. He said in a statement he's improved. Brett Bielema has been saying that, but he's still got chemotherapy to go through and just probably couldn't do his duties, right? Uh, and, and so Illinois hires Sean Snyder who had a great career at Kansas State, had a great career at USC the last couple years, and was a great punter himself for his dad, Bill Snyder, the, the legendary Kansas State coach. 
So I think that's only going to benefit Hugh Robertson and Caleb Griffin, who, um, you know, Ben Miller was not kind of the the kicking specialist coach, right? It's been Greg Froelich, the analyst, the last couple of years, and Froelich seems to be doing a good job of that. But now you get Sean Snyder, who's uh, an All-American punter himself. I think that can that can probably help Hugh Robertson a lot more coming into this and Caleb Griffin. Yeah, I'll be, yeah, I mean, to have somebody who's kind of – you know, Ben Miller had a lot of, and this, I don't want it to sound like a shot at Ben Miller. It's not, but like to have someone just around all, like Ben Miller had a lot of responsibilities and probably still does. So yeah, I, I agree with that. You, you bring someone in with the pedigree of, of Sean Snyder, that helps. I mean, you still ask some of these guys about uh, Bob Ligashevsky and like that. It's not like they're like, well, I'm sorry, who, who, like they still really appreciate everything that he did for them. Because he was good. I mean, Bob was really, really good um, as a special teams coordinator. I thought Illinois special teams was like one of the best things in the Lovey Smith era. And, and Bob had an eye for for specialist talent, right? I mean, the way he developed James McCourt, who he didn't recruit, but the way he developed him, uh, Caleb Griffin came in at a pinch and played pretty well for him. The long snapper did pretty well. And then um, clearly Blake Hayes was, was a great find. So, he found Hugh Robertson as well, so and and Caleb Griffin. So obviously he he had an eye for that. Uh, Caleb Griffin, I think it's just about consistency, right? Like the way he came in the COVID year when James McCourt was was in quarantine, even though he didn't have COVID, like he he looked like he wasn't nervous. Made one field goal, made all his extra points. Looked like he was strong on kickoffs, but during practice, it just seems like in what we've seen, the spring game last Saturday consistency is, is important. I just don't think he's got as big of a leg uh, as James McCourt, but you know, James McCourt until last year wasn't great inside 40. I thought Caleb actually, when we had seen him previously, was better inside 40. So I think it's this is it for Caleb. I mean, this is this is your opportunity, and you and I love talking with him. Um, he is so adored throughout that athletic department, and I think he's a future coach slash athletic director um he just slash mayor slash mayor of anything um he's (laughs) gonna succeed in anything in life i think he's ready i think he's ready it's just sometimes in practice maybe he's not as consistent as they want which is why they brought in competition but it doesn't seem like will mcmanus or fabrizio pintone is is really giving him a run for his money no the i think the biggest competition is arriving in january with david alono uh, from is Naperville North, if I'm yeah. not mis- if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, it, it interest like you're right. Consistency for Caleb in practice that we've seen hasn't really been there. Uh, but it, to your point, James McCourt wasn't consistent until he was. I, I mean, like he wasn't consistent inside. Caleb's interesting because he's played every sport forever, <laughs> right? Like that, that's his kind of his story a little bit. Would it surprise you at all if when the lights came on? If that consistency came on, no, no, because it did. Yeah, like it, it, it did a couple years ago when he played. You know, you're wondering like, how's he yeah. going to respond? You're just being thrown in the fire here, and he looked good. Yeah, and I don't know what's going to happen. We have no way of knowing. But we're analyzing all this stuff and kind of mean, practice isn't meaningless. But like, I, I just wonder if there's a hey, the lights are on type factor for this guy. So yeah. finds it. Is Caleb, is Caleb Griffin when he talks to us before the season? Come on, we talking about practice. Practice. Oh, I hope. That'd be, that'd be <laughs> truly and, wonderful. And listen, he could be lighting it up every other practice, right? I mean, he's I've seen great I, mo- yeah. I've seen great moments from him. Uh but the, but the spring game wasn't great for him. You know, I thought he would kind of grab the bull by the horns there and, and be like, yeah, this isn't even competition. 
Uh, he, had, he had a rough, what was it, between the third and fourth quarter where they do that kicking competition, which is a good thing, Joey. Like, in, in a real game, you're not kicking field goals, you know, rapid fire like that. You're just kicking one. So you're not getting tired or anything. Yeah, that's the other part. Like, that's hard to – and by the way, your entire team isn't standing there. And, and I don't know, we're in the press box probably saying some pretty – pretty rude things to try to throw you off your game like that it's just a different setup so i i don't know I, that's the thing with caleb griffin i don't know i don't feel like the world's on fire and like oh my god they're not going to hit field goals but i think that there's going to be an adjustment period maybe consistency is that and consistency without the boot that james mccourt has i mean that's a tough mix all right I don't think I have more than a minute on this, okay? Sorry to all the long snapper aficionados. We can get Michael Martin at some point to give us a a little longer evaluation of all the long snappers. It's a four-person battle. Aiden Hall, Lane Hanson, Nico Crawford, Preston Engel. They have a lot of competition there, right? Aiden Hall was taking snaps with the first team. He's snapped in games when when, uh, Ethan Tabell tore his ACL and couldn't run down the field. He did punts. So, uh, yeah, I would expect it to be Aiden Hall. And yeah, that's that's my expectation. I think he's probably the best fit there, but I don't have the evaluation chops at, at long snapper. So I, I expect it to be Aiden Hall, and he seems to be capable of doing the job. What? That's it. <laughs> Great I, hair. I Great <laughs> hair, Aiden Hall. He's probably uh, you could probably make some money if you wanted to be the college football long snap snapping metrics front runner. Like if you can find metrics that make it work, isn't, isn't it Rubio? There's a guy that? named Rubio, right? The, the long snapper guy. Ricky? Yes. Ricky? No. Ricky Rubio. Chris is Rubio. He doing it? Yeah, Chris Rubio. Man, there's a lot of scholarship money for for long snappers. Kids, if you're under six foot two, and you're you're not two hundred, you know, you're under two hundred and fifty pounds, start long snapping. That might be your path to college football. Follow Ethan Tabell. That's right. Figure out how to do this. That's yeah, good life. It's a good life being a long Like, snapper. okay, let's just real quick. Like, that's how, it's really hard to gauge how good long because you don't notice a long snapper until you notice a long snapper, right? Like, it's really hard. Like, objectively, we think Ethan Tabell was really, really good at his job. I mean, there was never a point where you're like, oh, shoot, that guy. Because Joey's He's talking, like, like, Joey's trying to talk it into existence of getting him to the Packers. That's how much he loves Ethan well, Tabell. Well, one, the Packers need one, and two, he's a Packers fan. Like that's a pretty cool story for him. But yeah, I, it's just really hard to gauge long snappers. Quickly, I want to point out Blake Hayes isn't the holder anymore. Hugh Robertson is. Again, probably won't notice it unless you unfortunately notice it. That's right. But that's out there. The more interesting storyline is probably returner, and I think right now we're expecting it to be Isaiah Williams, which brings up the debate: Do you risk him to injury? Do uh, you do all those things, Joey? But I think we talked about this and what we learned in podcast. Isaiah Williams is the most dynamic playmaker on this team. Uh, Reggie Bush returned punts and kicks, right? Um, we've seen Wandale Robinson return punts and kicks. Charlie Jones probably will do that for Purdue after doing it really, really well for Iowa. Yeah, you expose him more to injuries, but no more so than if he's taking a, a handoff or a shovel pass or just doing a cut on air, right? So... I think Brett Bielema is going to be pretty pretty conservative on kickoffs, but I do think they want somebody who can help them with field position because the return game has not been good. Like, the return game did not help them last year. Donnie Navarro caught the ball, and Fair caught it, 
They did not have anybody that could get them extra yardage. And they needed that last year, given the offensive struggles, and they didn't have it. Yeah, about the injuries, I asked Brett Bielma about that and how he balances that. And and to your point, almost effectively what he said is, you can't get hung up in that because you can get injured uh, anywhere. And he said, honestly, the concern to me is more the guys getting rolled up on blocking for the returners. Now, and we're going to talk to Sean Snyder later today, philosophically, what's the plan? My read on it and talking to Isaiah Williams and talking to Brett Bielman, I'm sure Sean Snyder will give more insight into this when we talk to him, is you really better know you're going to get past the 25. Like If you can get past the 25, you got it. Go for it. But if you don't know that you can, put your hand up and get the offense. Like That's just my my read, and I hope to get more clarity on that. Punt's a different game because, like Brad Bielman said, you can't just wave wave to people and get the ball on a certain yard marker. So, like, what does uh, – that's what I'm really interested in talking to Sean Snyder about is how do you approach that? And let's also say college football, there's probably not a huge opportunity for punt returns. And that's just – yeah. the rules don't really open the door for that. Yeah, so for people who don't know – yeah, sorry. For people who don't know, it's only 2022. I haven't figured this out yet. Um, for people that don't know, like the NFL, you can't release as a gunner until the punt's off, right? So that's why you see more punt returns uh, in the NFL. In college, you can run down when the snap is off. Um, so a lot of times there's just not an, enough room unless you're Blake hazing it, right? Or the kid from Rutgers in, in Iowa that just boom these these punts. Um, so, yeah, I think it's there's not going to be many opportunities for him to return it. I also think Cody Case can play there. Sean Miller has been taking reps there. Hank Beatty eventually is a guy that I think can return punts and kicks. I, I Aiden, th- Aiden Lawfrey. Aiden Lawfrey eventually. So, yeah, I think they got options there. I think, I think they're starting to get some more guys uh, that, that have a chance because it's been a long time uh, since Illinois had a dangerous punt returner. That would probably be Vangelo Bentley. Uh, and that was almost 10 years ago. Kick returner Dre Brown was pretty good at it. Chase Brown had a pretty good start to his career before he became kind of the go-to running back. So uh, special teams might not be a strength. I don't know, right? For the first time in in four years of off-seasons, Joey, it's the first time we've asked that because in 2017, they had Chase McLaughlin um, and, and Blake Hayes for a couple of years. James McCourt came in in 2019, was really good. And for the first time in a long time, we have big question marks about the special teams, which is in close games, which I expect Illinois to be in in the Big Ten West. It's going to be very important. I've watched my professional football team bungle special teams, and it is maddening. Like, even if it's not a strength, your goal is it's not a very glaring weakness. And I think, like, I don't, you know, we'll see if that's the case, but I think there's a big difference between not a strength and in your way from winning football games. Yeah, and when it comes to like coverage, um, Brett Bielman really cares about special teams, really puts a lot of time into special teams. Um, and I, I think they got the athletes to be pretty good there. They were last year, so I expect them in coverage to be pretty good. That's pretty in-depth special teams breakdown along with the linebackers, Joey. Uh, you know, Except that, for long snappers. That, that, was, that was more than a minute of long snappers. I don't know if you're getting that anywhere else. You know what? I kind of hope you're not because it's like, I mean, there's other – other losers like you and I, Jeremy. At some, at some point, I need to get two minutes from Michael Martin to break it down. I saw him at practice the other day. I asked him his opinion about the long snapper battle, and he said, I got my thoughts. So at some point, we should have that two to five minutes of Michael Martin breaking down the long snapping. I hope. Must listen. 
muscles and stuff. All right, for Joey Wagner, I'm Jeremy Warner. Wrapping up the position previews. Go ahead and binge all of them over the last month or so. We appreciate you guys listening. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcast. But everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer podcast. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG.